Hi, I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishkon. Every Tuesday, we trial a different self-care practice and report back to you on the results. And on Friday, we're back in the studio to explore more of the world of wellness with the latest news, interviews, emails from our wonderful listeners and the Self-Care Book Club. Welcome back to Self-Care Club. Wellness Road Tested, the epilogue show. Hi, welcome to Friday's epilogue show where we're taking a deeper dive into this week's practice of classical music. I was listening to the piece that Ben chose for us for calming, the piece that you were listening to while you were folding laundry, and I found myself crying. That's interesting. And I just wanted to listen to it again and again and again. I think it's about nine and a half minutes. So this piece was written for the piano and the violin, but I'm not a mad fan of the violin. More, more so a flute woman. The, Did you find the flute yes. version? <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been feeling since we last did it? Are you still listening to classical music? Totally still listening. Oh, are you doing that? Are you, when are you listening? Are you doing the sleep thing? Are you doing that lovely piece that made you cry? What are you up to? No, I'm just doing a more general sort of, it's perforating the household. So Ollie was playing it on the weekend through the living room speaker when he was reading the papers. When I come down in the morning, he's sort of playing it through his iPad. So he's actually got more into it than I have, but it's filtering into the house. So it's nice. How nice. And what about your boys? What do they think of it? The boys are not normally around. No, they're not. They're not into it. They're not no. into it. I'm not sure they're ever going to be into it. But it's definitely kind of a middle age thing, perhaps. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> what about in your house? Uh, I haven't listened to it once since we've done it. Oh. And the only thing that perforates through my house is musical theatre. So unless it's Hamilton or Six or currently the yeah. show of choice is Joseph, then classical yeah. music doesn't stand a chance. Uh, they, my girls, you know, they're, they're, very, they're very opinionated, my children, and I kind of go with that. And so unless it's, you know, you've got a Technicolor dream coat, you can forget it. Okay, right. <laughs> but Fair enough. That's not to say that I didn't love listening to classical music and of course it will definitely be something I listen to again and it will be with me for the rest of my life um and I and I loved doing the week and I really do see the benefits mm. yeah for shiz should we talk about some science behind classical music did you bring science to the show did you, have, you desperate have, to I've brought a few little things this week Nicole Come a on. few little things Give it but to us, I think let, let's start with the science you know, regardless of how you feel about it, if you love it or hate it or you're neutral about it, it can affect your brain in a variety of positive ways. So during a 1993 control group, Professor Dr. Gordon Shaw saw a spike in IQ in his college students after listening to Mozart. Wow. Labelled yeah, labeled the Mozart effect. The study garnered a lot of skepticism and doubt from experts. Whilst the findings weren't specifically linked to an answer in raised IQs, Dr. Shaw believed that listening to Mozart could be useful to warm up parts of the brain that relate to abstract thought. How abstractly have we been thinking recently? Actually, probably very. 
Probably extremely. <laughs> <laughs> but echoing this, a study by Dr. Kevin Labar says that music does have the power to improve intellectual performance and cognitive function, but not by raising the IQ. What actually happens is that the calming effect induced by classical music releases dopamine to spike pleasure. And the dopamine also prevents the release of stress hormones. So mood is improved, which then clarifies your thinking and it makes things like essay writing and studying a lot more enjoyable. Oh, well, that links back to whenever I've got to sit and write something, I put on classical music. Yeah. So it is genuinely helping you. Yes. And and that came very naturally. That's not because I read the research, obviously. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) It's also linked to reducing stress. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was a study in 2018 on the effect of different types of music on patients' preoperative anxiety. And it showed that classical music can cause the heart rate and breathing to slow and emotional distress to decrease. It also lowers cortisol in the brain that helps lessen anxiety and lower your blood pressure. So that's great. Jesus, that's incredible. Yep. And there's more. Uh, If you're finding sleep a struggle, there is an alternative to sleeping pills. A study in 2008 by the Institute of Behavioral Science uh, in Budapest found that classical music induced a deep sleep in students struggling with sleep disorders, all because the music playing reduced sympathetic nervous system activity, decreased anxiety and lowered the blood pressure of participants, helping them to drift off to sleep it is amazing how we always come back to sleep in literally every podcast we talk about it i have to tell you something funny that's just i've just remembered yesterday uh, my little one she was falling asleep and she has her led lights and she likes the blue lights and obviously i don't want her to fall asleep with the blue lights due to what we discovered on our week of sleep hygiene yes Anyway, so Adam went to kiss her goodnight and he walked in and she had the lights on. They weren't blue. And he said, you've got to turn these lights off. And she was like, why? And he said, I don't want you sleeping with the lights. I listened to this podcast and it was all about good sleep. And they said that bright lights can affect your sleep. And I said to him, excuse me, that's my podcast. He goes, oh my God. Yeah, I know. I'm like, (laughs) because he doesn't listen to the show ever. And I had a bit of a go at him about it the other day. Like perhaps you could listen. So you do understand what I'm spending most of my time doing. Um, And I said, and when you're then referring to the show, perhaps you could tell our 10 year old that it comes from your mother's research. Love How it. about that? Anyway, so he's, now- he's using your own research in your household without actually quoting the source of it. Thank you. Much Love more articulate. Yes bloody cheek anyway carry on is there more of what classical music can do yeah there was an amazing study of 80 patients who were undergoing urolic surgery under spinal anesthesia and it found that music could decrease the need for supplementary intravenous sedation so basically the patients that were listening to classical music were calmer and needed less medication than the ones who were not pretty amazing right that's amazing and also that must be true because they do that in Grey's Anatomy don't they when they're performing surgery (laughs) (laughs) they put on music don't they classical music (laughs) so it must be true it must be it must be tell me what our listeners had to say well I asked a few things on Instagram this week I asked if you find classical music relaxing um and the answers were yes very and no not my thing want to hazard a guess at what the percentages are Perhaps you'll get it wrong one of these days. Uh, mm, what people? How many, What percentage listen to classical music? No. What percentage of people find it relaxing, and what percentage of people said no, it's not for me? I'm gonna say like 
25% listen and 75% say it's not for me. You are <gasps> no. finally wrong. Like, completely, no. you're completely out of the ballpark. No. 45% said, yes, I find it very relaxing. And 55% said, no, it's not my thing. I thought that was quite high, actually, because it's it like... Is high. I'm happy. It's like classical music is... I don't know. It's like discussing whether exercising is good for you. Like it's just a thing, right? You can't really, yeah. you can't really argue with it. You can't really argue that classical music is good for you or not good for you because isn't it just obvious? Yes, but you know, it was always my sort of assumption that our general audience were our age, but it has now come to my attention that many, many of our listeners are sort of 19 to 25. And so that was why I made that decision, because I, I, I assumed wrongly that perhaps the younger generation were not so into classical music, but I'm absolutely delighted that they are. Um, I then asked, did you know classical music can be good for your health and well-being? The answers were, what? No way. And yeah. yes, yes, I knew that. Yes. Um, 49% did not know that. But did you really know that before we did the research? Because I didn't genuinely know that it was good for your health or well-being. I, it's not something I was aware of. But if someone said, do you think that classical music is good for you? I yeah. probably would have said yes. I could imagine it is. Mm, but now we know why. Now we know why. And now we know all the benefits and we know all the science and we know all the studies. Aren't we clever? Marvellous. Um, so then I asked, do you listen to classical music? And if so, when? And why do you listen? I just wanted to get a bit more feedback as to how, what people's relationship is with classical music. Lots on lots of people said they use it when they need to concentrate and focus, which goes in mm -hmm. line with what the science says and what I said on the main show. Um, lots of people also said they use it for calm. And mm -hmm. a lot of people said that they use use it to help them fall asleep. So again, it comes totally aligned with the science, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, now there was one lady and I thought this was amazing. She said she uses it in the background of her year three classroom. So that is what, seven-year-olds? Year three? Uh, eight, eight to nine. Eight to nine-year-olds. Um, yeah, eight. To, no, it's, it's seven to eight. No, because Josh is year two and he's, sorry, Josh is year three, he's seven to eight. I don't know which year my child's in and I don't know how old my child is. But <laughs> try, try, that, try that again, try that again. But it's good to know that I'm in your life just to keep you yeah, focused. Handy. Perhaps you should go handy. and some classical music. Right, so one lady said that she uses it in the background of her year three classroom, which is seven to eight year old, and she notices a huge difference when it's playing. So then I asked her if she could expand on it. And she says, I put it on in the background when the children come into class and they sit down silently, put their things away calmly and start their morning work without any reminders. Wow. If the, if the classical music is not playing, they seem to come in much more chaotic, make lots more noise and will generally be louder and more chatty. Weirdly, even putting their things away, they're much more messy. Wow. I know. I just thought that was so incredible. That's really interesting. I know. And amazing that she's found that out as well. That and she's she made sees, that yeah, and she sees the difference. So yeah. for all you teachers out there, go stick on some classical music. In fact, if I just have it in my house, perhaps my kids will start listening to me and tidying their bedrooms. Perhaps it's, that's all it takes. You, it's worth a punt. <laughs> it's worth a punt because Joseph ain't cutting it. Let's be fair. Um, so that's our that's our classical music week in full. Uh, do we have any do we have any emails 
this week? Yes, it's not quite our classical music week in full. Because um, it seems that something rather special was given to Self Care Club this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with just this little reminder and um, give you a clue as to what might have happened. And yeah, when are we going to uh, release that ballad? That's what I'd like to know. Oh, well, I'm just waiting for you know EMI to call me up with a record deal, and then it'll be done. It's nearly a whole album now, Puzzle Club. And don't ignore your pelvic floor. They are like definitely number one, number one singles. The thing is, Nicole, oh, my hands are sweaty. I don't know where. some young fans in fact we've got some young fans who are in a band the band is called drop pink and they've made us a self-care club album they have not oh yes they have they have not yes they have so just to remind you and our listeners of some of our top hits (laughs) i'm going to um Explain it in full. Okay. Sit, sit back and enjoy it. I, I, okay, I will. That's our, that's our week on puzzles. <laughs> puzzle club, puzzle club. <laughs> I know the benefits of puzzle club. <laughs> <laughs> You've actually written another verse. <laughs> oh, yes, I wrote it. It took hours in my composing room. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> I feel nervous. Break it down into puzzle pieces. Every time I find one, my love increases. Start on the outside, work your way in. I'm a puzzle master, you don't know where I've been. 500 pieces, do I look like a baby? I'll start with at least 2,000, maybe. Puzzle on the floor, puzzle in the pub. Everywhere's a puzzle when you're in Puzzle Club. (laughs) (laughs) I'm speechless. Do you remember, do you remember this discussion? There's more. And a metal tray that you put on the floor. Who's got a metal tray? Have you got a metal tray? I've got like five. No, you have not. No, you have not. Why? Totally. Why? Well, because don't you have trays? Trays? No, I don't have trays. I inherited loads from my grandmother's, but I also have other trays. Yeah. Well, anyway, look. How often do you use a tray? I know you want to go. I just want to know how often you use a tray. Like quite often. How? When was the last time you used a tray? Sunday. (laughs) someone has actually put our utter shit into a medley bow your head to and fro take your tricks on the go my heavy metal train do you get in our sleep, are you left counting sheep? My heavy metal train. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and finally, <laughs> oh who, who can forget this? This gem. 
and also sort of reminded me just because you are not postpartum and you're not yet menopausal this is not an excuse to totally ignore your pelvic floor ignore your pelvic floor that could be your next song don't ignore your pelvic floor. I feel like that's more of a rap. Well, I think maybe you, you could compose that song because you've got nothing else to do. I feel like it's more of a ballad. Don't ignore your pelvic floor unless you want to wee more. That sort of thing. Like a sort of shanty. Sea shanties are very in at the moment. There you go. It's already done. Oh, it's absolutely ballad brilliant. of the pelvic floor. And so, yes, Nicole, we've got a ballad of the pelvic floor. Actually, we got a sea shanty. Don't ignore your pelvic floor unless you want to pee some more. Don't ignore your pelvic floor unless you want to pee. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> my head is exploding. I, I, who? What are they called? Did you say the band is called Drop Pink? Head man, Jack Medlin. Jack Medlin, praise be to you and your band for fixing us up with this album because <laughs> I could not love you more than I, I, I do right now. I, I, I am blown away with I that knew, generosity. I, I knew you'd love it. I mean, <laughs> I've been sitting on this. It's been killing me. I've been sitting on all this info for so long. I've been listening to kind of the build-ups. What do you think of this one? Do you like this song? Do you think the rap needs to be clearer? And all I've wanted to do is ring you up and say, to you do you understand that we've got an album now and I haven't been able to say a word <laughs> right firstly I am I am so speechless I, I, I seriously this is the first I've heard of it right talk talk me through how, how who are hot pink how do you know hot pink how no, did they get no, hold of they're, you they're called they're called drop Pink. Drop pink. Drop Sorry, pink. I'm, I'm all That's your Yiddish for the week. I'm all famished. Go on. They are they are a young band. They're fans of the show. Their their mum is also a fan of the show. And uh, Jack's at Cambridge Uni, and his mates are at uni, and they just took their downtime to record this album for us. That is incredible. Thank you, all of you. I mean, it is. I think we need to cut to a break. I'm totally blown away. We'll be, we'll be back in a minute for our wellness news flash. This week at Sukarnov. Over on Clash of the Titles, the gang are counting down to the Oscars with a special month of Best Picture Clashes. Rocky won the Oscar that year. Do you guys think it was a deserving winner that year or do you think something else should have won? I think Taxi Driver should have won. I am with you, Vicky. My heart says Rocky. Rocky's one of my favourite films of all time. I don't like yeah. watching Taxi Driver, but it is... No. It is... <laughs> That's true. It is amazing. <laughs> and That's it's, so true. No one's ever like, oh, do you want to bosh Taxi 
<laughs> or if that doesn't tickle your fancy, and why wouldn't it? Check out the book club on Football Ramble Presents, where former footballer Ricky Hill discusses the highs and lows of his storied career. My schoolmaster came in after us and said, "Oh, you know, you've been invited. Three of you have been invited for trials up at Luton." And I initially oh, my thoughts were, "Where, where is Luton?" I, I had no idea. <laughs> and, and I said, "Well, I'm not going." Um, <laughs> All that and a whole lot more at Sukarnov. We have a quick trigger warning for this week's wellness news flash. We're going to be discussing a story with mentions of sexual abuse and themes of unhealthy exercising and restrictive behaviour. Wellness news flash. Welcome back. Now we're going into our wellness news flash. Lauren, you've got it this week, haven't you? I'm still completely beside myself. So I'm so pleased that you're doing the news flash now. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Amazing. This week's wellness news flash comes from The Independent. The promise made to consumers across the wellness industry is that whatever they're selling will better you in one way or another. And for a while, this form of marketing thrived without criticism. But now two major companies once seen as leading lights within the wellness sector are facing serious allegations. In December 2020, SoulCycle, the boutique fitness phenomenon favoured by the likes of Beyonce and Victoria Beckham, was accused of fostering a toxic atmosphere characterised by sexual misconduct, bullying and abuse abuse. Allegations outlined in an expose published in Vox ranged from instructors fat shaming clients, reserving front row bikes for the most attractive riders, through to verbally abusing front desk staffers and in one instance pressuring a rider to perform oral sex. Oh my god. Oh my god. I mean, the reserving the, the best looking people at the front, I can totally see happening. Absolutely. Another organization, One Taste, taught a practice it described as orgasmic meditation, whereby men would stroke women until they reached orgasm, often in groups of 30 or more pairs. Members often ended up working for the company and living communally together. This was a company that was once touted as the next big thing in female empowerment, but it's now being investigated by the FBI over allegations of sex trafficking, prostitution, and violations of labor law. Wow, Jesus I remember Christ. this. Gwyneth like Paltrow was a isn't fan. It? Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow was a big fan of this company originally, I remember. Are both businesses, in fact, a form of cult? Oh, there you go. Steve Stephen Hassan, renowned expert on cults, says, I define a cult as a group that is controlling people's behavior, thoughts, and emotions to the degree that it makes these people dependent on and obedient to a leader or the group's ideology, Hassan says. Different types of cult exist on a spectrum with some being more harmful or dangerous than others. It's no coincidence that SoulCycle, CrossFit, and other wellness companies have been compared to a church. Yep. The instructor is usually at the front on a raised platform with a spotlight on them holding a mic with on which they will espouse their inspiring mantras yep. sometimes fake candles are even dotted around the studio these companies mix the allure of social media branding a cure for the traumas of contemporary life with the deep pull of religion so the issue with all of this is that it can appeal to some people more than to others within one taste for example many of its members were sexual assault survivors Jesus. to them joining the company and being part of this supposedly empowering community that championed female sexuality was a way of reclaiming their sexual autonomy so it preys on the vulnerable exactly whether you've been through trauma or not, it's only natural to want to feel like you belong somewhere. But yes. this is what the wellness sector is exploiting. 
The issue is what it's about and how these groups are manipulating people to the point where they feel dependent on whatever product is on offer. We know that working out gives you endorphins, for example, but you have a bigger life than just what you do with exercise. And there needs to be very clear written ethics around boundaries in this sector. Yeah. There's also something called phobia indoctrination. This is the irrational fear that people have that if they stop taking the product or stop going to the classes, terrible things are going to happen to them. These kinds of irrational fears are a big part of what keeps people in cults in general. Yeah. I can I can resonate with quite a lot of this. It's quite frightening, actually. Go on. So in the case of the fitness industry, this phobia might take the form of fearing how your body will change if you stop attending classes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, that is rife within the wellness industry. Mm. I always find it concerning when clients tell me about the language used in the boutique fitness sector, says personal trainer Sam Gubby. They're told things like, why are you giving up now? Remember why you came here in the first place, which is actually quite dangerous when body image and weight are involved by preying on your insecurities the language used by instructors identifies both a problem your body and a solution the class yep 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 of course when rates of loneliness are skyrocketing the psychological benefits of feeling like you're part of something bigger than yourself can be objectively beneficial both mentally and physically the difficulties and instances where wellness communities slip into cult-like groups begin when people become so entrenched within that community that their independent thought becomes compromised it can get to a point where the community is such an echo chamber that people don't have external references to judge their own behavior against you also tend to then give rise to groupthink, where people can no longer think for themselves and some people are more susceptible to that than others but this is very much like what the bodybuilding industry is based on you know people Mm. are looking for something they want to belong they want to be a part of something there's fear around eating normally there's it's filled with disordered eating it's filled with you know the way in which you train it's actually not very good for your body but it makes you aesthetically look a certain way and then if you want to step away from it which is what I had it was filled with absolute terror because I thought well what happens if I lose put on weight what happens if I don't look like this anymore what happens if I don't eat like this I literally had to retrain myself in how to think how to eat how to exercise because I, I, I didn't know I was completely exactly that indoctrinated into this this world but mm. listen I don't think this this doesn't define the whole of the fitness industry but I think if you are vulnerable and you are looking for something else and it's very easy to grip onto the toxicity that it can offer yeah I I can really see that. And I can also see how this sort of stuff preys on the vulnerable, basically. Yeah, absolutely. You've got that gap in your life and you're looking for some place to belong. I can really see how it might look from the outside like a really positive thing to be doing. Yes. And then you don't really understand how sucked in you are until you're so sucked in, it's hard to get out. Which is exactly what happened. And I do Mm. wonder if like, you know, if you take individual personal trainers, like, is it their responsibility to the client or is it the client's responsibility to themselves? Because if you're going to a trainer and you're like, I want to do A, B and C, I want to get shredded or I want to lose weight or I want to get faster, whatever your goal is, their job is to provide that. So what I'm saying is, is it a flaw in the industry or is it a flaw in people 
needing something else or is it a bit of both? I would say it's a bit of both. I mean, I, I reckon I could probably go to a soul cycle class. I mean, that's never going to happen, but let's say for it. <gasps> well, they might not now. <laughs> they might not have us now. <laughs> yeah, but let's say for imagination's sake, uh, I go to a soul cycle class and they put me right at the back. I really can't imagine that I'm going to sort of fear for my mental and physical well being if I decide to stop going, but I'm fairly sturdy internally. But I, I, I can understand how this happens. And I do think it's a balance of both. I think you need to be aware and also the instructors need to be very much on the lookout for people who might be vulnerable yeah what have you been doing for your self-care lauren well i did quite a fun thing i hosted a radio show with oh, my dad that's so sweet oh it actually was the cutest thing my my dad's been a broadcaster God, for 30 plus years. Um, but we have never broadcast anything together. And Why don't you say to the people at home that are age, everyone would know your dad of our generation. Well, my dad used to do the Capital Breakfast show for 20 years. He was the flying eye. And he now um, owns and hosts a men's radio station, which is a radio station uh, which looks into men's wellness, men's mental health, which actually chimes yes. beautifully with yes. our podcast, although they're not in any way related. So I co-hosted um, the show with him. And yeah, it was oh, it was fabulous. Lovely. It was fabulous. And it actually led us beautifully into our next week's um, practice as well. But anyway, uh, generally... This week has not been a good week for me. I have to say, I was oh, weary okay. is the word I would use. Weary, you know? And I know if I'm feeling like that, everyone's feeling like that. I feel like it's dragging. Everything's yep. dragging now, yep. waiting for stuff to open up. Um, I had a really stressful week with some doula work stuff and also socially um, with a friend. And my cup just felt empty by the weekend. Um, I was kind of staying up too late to try and make up for it. And that was making it worse. So I stripped things back to the basics of our practices. You, you did write about it on Instagram, didn't you? So just tell us what you did. How did you yeah. sort of fill yourself back up again? I just, I just realized I am, I'm completely depleted. And if I don't do something about it today, I will have nothing to give. So I, I had two hours, uh, with nobody at home and I thought I'm going to really like deal with this now while I've been given the time. So I did an all walk. I took the dog out. I didn't take my phone. I did an all walk. Um, I had a chat with my mum when I got back, which was nice. And then I just took my book and I sat on my front step with a metal <laughs> train <trainer car. laughs> with a teapot on it and a bit of Easter egg. Oh, you treat yourself to a teapot. That's so sweet. I did. I made proper tea with loose tea and a, and a teapot. And I sat on my... Just so you know, I don't have a teapot either. Well, I read my book in the last of the afternoon sunshine on my front step with some tea. And it just reminded me all three of those things, apart from the loose tea, <laughs> were free, um, very, very easy, and really did make a difference. And by the evening, I felt much better. I felt replenished. And I thought, you know, 
this shit works. And if you're wondering what an awe walk is, A-W-E walk, go listen to our podcast. We did a whole week on it and it's basically doing a walk with awe and wonder, with the intention of awe and wonder. And it's a very beautiful, powerful practice. So please go take a listen to that. Yeah. So it just reminded me that, you know, there were really simple, easy ways to make yourself feel better. Is working on a podcast full time not enough of a reminder? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you've got to go over those practices you again. You do. You so, do. And I love what yeah. you're bringing here is that actually, even though we work on a self-care podcast and all of our conversation and pretty much most of what we do is about self-care, you can still take your eye off the ball and you can still feel weary. And it's really important to notice when you do and what it is you need to recharge. So thanks for bringing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me what you've been up to. Um, I've been eating a lot of Easter eggs, basically, which doesn't make me feel great. It actually makes my stomach very unhappy. And since I've been plant-based, I kind Mm. of can't ignore when I eat shit, which is okay. kind of annoying because my stomach really doesn't like it. Um, It's kind of annoying and kind of brilliant at the same time. So nothing, anything different from what I normally do, which is, you know, exercising four or five times a week, eating as well as I can, bar the Easter eggs, um, I've gone out for some walks with some friends. It's been Easter weekend. So we went to our friend's house and we sat in the garden for lunch. That was unbelievable. I was literally giddy with excitement. I just kept saying, I'm so happy to be here. Like our really closest friends. And it was... Did you remember how to socialize and have a conversation? They're very, very good friends of ours. So, you know, we we started safe. Um, I just, I just felt joyous the entire time. And I think, uh, my friend who's not the fluffiest, every time I kept saying, I'm just so happy to be here. She's like, all right, enough. We get it. You're happy to be here. (laughs) Um, so that just made me feel like a human being and, and never underestimate how much I've missed being with the people that I love face to face. There's nothing like it. Um, and that's it really. I I gave myself a bath at one o'clock. What do you mean you gave yourself a bath? (laughs) You had a bath? You ran? I I had a bath. <laughs> you had a bath. You treated yourself. What's to a wrong bath? with I gave myself a bath? It, I, d- I don't know. It sounds well, as in I went out and bought myself a bath. No, it sounds like there's medical issues involved there. <laughs> <laughs> no, there isn't. Why are you putting that out there? I just I, 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 I don't know. It's just a very <laughs> odd phrase. I would just say I had a bath. I had a lovely bath. <laughs> oh well, is this uh, this isn't judgment, is it, Lauren? Never. Which which is going to be, which ties in beautifully to what we're practicing next week. What, why is this a surprise that you gave yourself a bath? Because you normally have showers or you just haven't bathed in Did a you long notice time? how I was trying to change the subject and just get up? No, I, I, did. I don't okay. ever have a bath. I never give myself a bath. Um, okay. I, ne- I don't think I've had a bath for two years. I just don't, don't ever have a bath. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, my back was hurting and I just, I just got in the bath and then I thought to myself, Oh, this is self-care, isn't it? It was like one o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, that is, that is indulgent. And then, and then my daughter was in the bathroom as I was running the bath because she's always putting her makeup on in my bathroom and you know, she's 13. So her putting her makeup on is like a whole 
performance. Um, I can imagine. And she's like sitting there inspecting the eyeliner and if it's exactly even and I have to look at it about 24 times. And I said to her, right, can you get yes. out now because I'm having a bath? No. I said, please get out. I'm having a, I really want to have a bath. She goes, to have a bath. I said, I don't want you in here. I don't want to expect your eyeliner whilst I'm trying to do something nice for myself. So then that turned into a little bit of a scrappy conversation. I literally sort of, right, okay, bye now as I'm like gently kind of, you know, nudging, shoving her, nudging out, the her out the door. She's yeah. so mean. Yeah. You're so mean. And then I lock the door and I can hear her yes. scratching at the door and I'm thinking it's the puppy. And she yeah. unpicks the bloody lock to come <gasps> back in. Yeah. Wow. So as much as I had good intention for giving myself a bath, you like what I did there? Yes. Um, yes. It wasn't the most relaxing experience because my 13 year old apparently needs every second of my attention. <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> Let's hope the holidays end soon, eh? Anyway, that brings us, well, it doesn't, but let's just say it does bring us on to our practice of the week next week, which is, Lauren, I mentioned it before. You've totally missed out my podcast recommendation. Oh, I did. You're right. I've got a really good podcast recommendation Go for you. I only found it two days ago. It's called Shrine of Duty. <laughs> it is the official, unofficial podcast about all things Line How of Duty. How can it be official Everything. and unofficial? Well, because it's like officially about Line of Duty, but it's unofficial, as in it's not like a BBC podcast. Right. But it is everything and more you ever needed to know about AC12. It does the full recap of all the series. Oh, good. And it also does like good in-depth dives into things like the new lighting in Ted Hastings office. It is, it's just all there. <laughs> we started watching it last night and I have to say you do. Confusing. Well, you just, Very you've got confusing. to have your wits. It. It's not a relaxing program because yeah. you're like, what yeah. did he say? What no. was that? And have I missed yeah. this? And yeah. you know. Yeah. So if you need to know all about CHIS and, uh, you know, what all these acronyms stand for, it is all there for you. Shrine of Duty. Loving it. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. Should we get on to our practice of the week next week? Please tell us what we're doing next week. We are going to be practicing no judgment. <gasps> it's Lauren's absolute pleasure. She cannot wait for us to do a whole week of no judging. And That's then she lie. can't have a go at me about how I say I'm having a bath or giving myself a bath giving or getting in the bath. bath or, you know, that kind of thing. We're going to step into other things and it's going to be a great show. Dreading it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday. If you want to get in touch, please email us hello at theselfcareclub.co.uk or you can find us on Instagram at selfcareclub.co.uk pod and we'll be back on tuesday when lauren can give us a complete rundown of how her week of no judging has gone this was a stakhanov production and part of the acast creative network